Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody listen up. He is coming back for us. He has not left us alone. Glory be to God. And not only that, he has asked the Father to send us the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, resides in the wells in each believer in Christ. Amen. Amen. And so, speaking of God, the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about what does it mean that the Holy Spirit is our paraclete? And if we break that down in the Greek, it is pronounced paracletus. And so before we get started, let's go into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to reside in us, to teach us everything that Jesus taught his disciples And we thank you for sending him as the comforter and our counselor, because, Father, you know that we need him. Glory be to your name, Father. We are so blessed that you did not leave us as orphans, but you want us to understand your word and to obey it. And so, Father, I ask for wisdom as I go into today's teaching May the Holy Spirit move on me to give me insight, to give me revelation and understanding of what it means for him to be our counselor. And Father, may today's teaching bring you much glory to you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, folks. So today, this morning... Today is what? Monday, January 10th, 2021. And so this morning when I was in my quiet, private time with the Lord this morning, I was reading out of Psalms 119. I love Psalms 119 because I remember, now check this out. As a sinner woman, I mean steeped in my sins. I was dating this person who called himself a Christian. Now, even though I was nowhere near Christ, okay, I can tell he was nothing of Christ, okay? But anywho, 
he was telling me about Psalms 119 and that how Psalms 119 was the longest uh, chapter in the Bible. And so in my sinfulness, I call myself reading it alongside with him. Like I would take, you know, um, a verse and then he would take another verse and that. And let me tell you something. When you are steeped in sin, when you know absolutely nothing about God, let alone Jesus, definitely not the Holy Spirit trying to read the word of God, Oh, it was so awkward to even say the words because if for nothing else, I knew that anything about the Bible was holy. And then for me, this sinner woman, woman, this fornicator, this idolater trying to read some holy words. Oh, it was very uncomfortable. But anyway, I was reading it. I had no clue at all what it meant what I was reading, to me, it was just words on a paper, but I knew that it was God's word, but I didn't know what any of that meant. So it wasn't until years later, now that I'm in Christ, I got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. So we going back over here to Psalms 119. And now let me tell you, it is something to this thing. When the Holy Spirit resides in the well within you, tell me why does the Bible suddenly make sense? Okay. It makes absolutely sense to me that God wants us to be holy. He wants to be our father. He wants us to obey him. And so now especially when I'm reading Psalms 119, where the writer is expressing to God that I want to live holy. Teach me, show me. I want to learn. Your word is good for me. It is good to me. I love this. I don't want the riches of the world. I want your word. And so now when we are in Christ, and when we read scriptures like that, oh, it does something to our spirit. It lifts us up. It empowers us. It makes us love God and really appreciate his word. And so, like I said this morning, I'm over there in Psalms 119. And I'm reading verse 30 that says, I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. And that is exactly for those of us who have sincerely, truly repented of our sins. Verse 30, this is exactly what we have chosen. I have chosen to be faithful to what? To God. I'm not going back to my vomits. I'm not going back to that sinful lifestyle. I'm not going back to the fornication. I'm not going back to the idolatry. 
or the adultery, nor the masturbation, nor the homosexual, nor stealing, no lying, none of that. I want none of that. And so this morning when I'm reading Psalms 119.30, it just hit home for me because I'm like, exactly. This is what I have chosen to now be. I want to be faithful to God. I want to stand firm until the end. Why? <clears throat> Ain't nobody got time for that lake of fire. I keep telling y'all. And so then when I got down to verse 56 of Psalms 119, where it says, this is how I spend my life. And then there's a colon because after the colon is going to let the world know how I intend to now going forward, spend my life. So it says, this is how I spend my life, obeying your commandments, obeying your commandments, Father. Yeah, this is now how I'm going to live my life. I'm coming into agreement with Psalms 119.56 that I declare before my Father in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, and my paracletus, the Holy Spirit, how I'm going to now spend my life Oh, I'm going to spend it obeying God's word. Oh, yes, I am. And then I initially started at verse 7 because it says, As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. And so it woke me up. I'm like, wait a minute. This is all about living in repentance. Because you see, when you receive from God the gift of repentance, you know that wanting to not want to sin anymore, you know, when you have purposed in your mind and turned it around, you did a 180 and you said, you know what? I'm not going back to the sin. Absolutely not. I'm now going to go back to God and let him forgive me. Let him cleanse me from all of that unrighteousness. And whatever he says for me to do, I'm going to do that going forward. And so as I'm reading out of Psalms 119, and I'm like... That's repentance. This is what it means to repent. So now look, if we pull all this together, okay? So I'm going to read verse 7, verse 30, and verse 56 as a life statement, okay? So now look, as I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I have chosen, Father, to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. And so this is how I spend my life, obeying your commandment. Amen. Holy Spirit, that rocked. 
Amen. You want to know why that rocked? Because that is the epitome of when you are now living in holiness and righteousness. You have put away the sin. You have set it in your mind. You ain't going back to that because you know why? We got the memo. I can't say that enough. We got the memo that I'm going to spend my life obeying God's commandments. I have determined to live by his commandments and his regulations. Okay. And my thanks to him. Glory be to God for sending Jesus out of heaven to die for my sins. Jesus took the punishment that was rightly due to me. Why? Because I racked up and stacked up God's wrath against me because I didn't know how to stop sinning. And so therefore, how I'm going to thank him for saving me from the wrath of God and saving me from going to hell. Oh, I am going to live and learn God's righteous regulations. Teach me, show me how um, when I was in my third marriage and my, my first spouse was very much alive, I didn't know that I was committing adultery with husband number two and husband number three. Cause you see, if my mind wasn't focused on the word of God and gleaming from other brothers and sisters in Christ with righteous teachings, I would have never had known that I was in violation. And you see, and now because of that, now that I know that, I am going to remain single until the Lord Jesus Christ calls my first husband home. And if I want to get involved with another marriage, then I'm, I'm clear to do so. But as my life is in peace right now, I think I'm pretty much good on relationships. Amen. And so... That just got me to thinking a little while ago before I jumped on the podcast about the Holy Spirit. Because you see, in order for me to do any of this, and just like for you, we need help. We do. And that is why Jesus, glory be to God, he sent the Holy Spirit. And so that is what I wanted to talk about about today. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit is our paraclete? Okay. Because if we look at John 14 verses 16 to 17, because you see, after Jesus announced to his disciples that he will be leaving them soon, he gave them a statement of great encouragement when he said, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now, the Greek word translated comforter or counselor, as we see in John, 4, um, John 14, 16, and then over in verse 26, when Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he 
will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then we see over here in John 15, 26, when Jesus says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will, he will bear witness about me. And so this is how we know that we are sitting up under, <clears throat> excuse me, teachings. Sound doctrines is when they highlight Jesus because wherever the Holy Spirit is, oh, he's going to bear witness about Jesus. Amen. And then we can look over here to John 16, 7, where it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, Jesus was telling them, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, okay? And so we see that the Greek word translated comforter or counselor is paracletus. This form of the word is unquestionably passive and properly means one called to the side of another. The word carries a secondary notion concerning the purpose of the calling alongside. Amen. And so we see that to counsel or support the one who needs it. Okay. The counselor or paraclete is God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The third person of the Trinity who has been called to our side. He's the one that's going to help us walk out Psalms 119 when we get it into our brains that if we don't stop sinning, we're going to hell and we are going to need some help. Because let me tell you, willpower will get you only but so far. It will. You need you need divine intervention. Amen. We all need the Holy Spirit to help us stay the course. Amen. And so our counselor, the, the paraclete, okay, like I said, he is the third person of the Trinity. During Jesus' earthly ministry, okay, the Holy Spirit had got, oh, Jesus himself had guided, guarded, and taught his disciples. But now in John chapters 14 to 16, he is preparing to leave them. And he promises that the Spirit of God would come to the disciples and dwell in them, taking the place of their master's physical presence. Jesus called the spirit another comforter, another of the same kind. The spirit of God, ladies and gentlemen, is not different from the son of God. In essence, for both are God. 
Amen. And so we see during the, the Old Testament age, the Spirit of God would come on people and then leave them. God's spirit departed from King Saul. And we see in 1 Samuel 6.14, where it says, hold on, because my phone is acting up. It says, now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And then we see over here in 1 Samuel 18.12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Because you see, David, when confessing his sin, asked that the spirit not be taken from him. And we see that in Psalms 51.11, where he said, Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. But when the Spirit was given at Pentecost, he came to God's people to remain with them forever. We may grieve the Holy Spirit, but he will not leave us. As Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, when he said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you forever. It says, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Surely I am with you always. How comforting is that? How is he with us when he is in heaven? seated at the right hand of God the Father. Well, he is with us by his spirit, the helper, the paracletus. To have the Holy Spirit as our paraclete is to have God himself indwelling us as believers. The spirit teaches us the word and guides, and guides us into all the truth. He reminds us of what Jesus has taught so that we can depend on his word in difficult times of life. The spirit works in us to give us his peace. And we see in John 14, 27, when Jesus said, peace, I leave with you my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, it says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Amen. And look, his love in John 15, 9 to 10 says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, Jesus said, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Amen. And in his joy, we see John 15, 11. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be filled. Amen. 
Isn't it a wonderful thing that Jesus did not leave us as orphans, but he has sent, God has sent our paracletus to walk alongside of us, doing what? Giving us counsel, letting us know that if we don't stop it, we going to hell, letting us know that we need to walk in love, walk in forgiveness, walk in the peace that Jesus left for us, walk in his love and walk in his joy. Amen. And so, he comforts our hearts and minds in a troubled world. Let me tell you something about this world. This world is wicked and evil, ungodly, profane, and just nasty. It's really nasty. Now look, the power of the indwelling paraclete gives us the ability, hallelujah, to live by the Spirit and not, as the Bible says in Galatians 5, 16, not gratify the desires of the sinful flesh. The Spirit can then produce His fruit in our lives. What fruit? Well, here we go, love, because if we look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, because you know we need some patience, right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, self-control, Oh yeah, we're going to need a whole bunch of self-control dealing with this flesh. Against such things, there is no law. Amen. Glory to the Father. So, what a blessing to have the Holy Spirit in our lives as our paraclete, our comforter, our encourager, our counselor, and our advocate. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit because we cannot do this on our own. We cannot. And so let's answer the question then. Well, who is the Holy Spirit? Because I believe that there is not enough teaching on the third person of the Trinity. There's a lot about God. There's should be a lot more about the Lord Jesus Christ, if you ask me. But a lot of people misunderstand what the Holy Spirit is about. Some think it's just like a presence, like this power, or, or it's a thing. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he. He is not a it, and he is not a thing, and he is not a that. Right, Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is just as real as God the Father and God the Son. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, amen. And like I said, there are many, many misconceptions about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, some view the Holy Spirit as a mystical force. 
Others understand the Holy Spirit as the impersonal power that God makes available to followers of Christ. Absolutely not. What does the Bible say about the identity of the Holy Spirit? Simply put, the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is God. Amen. Okay, and I don't care what that lying prophet or prophetess with her diva spirit talking about, oh, we can feel the Holy Spirit, you know, like as if he's this cloud of smoke or something. It's just foolishness. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is a divine person. He is a person. He is not an experience. He is not an event. He is a person, a being with a mind, emotions, and a will. So listen, the fact that the Holy Spirit is God is clearly seen in many scriptures, <clears throat> excuse me, including Acts 5 verses 3 to 4, when it says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. Verse four, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Look, he said, hold on, let me, let me expand this, this verse, because this was, this was a crazy story. It says, why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. Listen, it's a serious thing, okay? okay? The Holy Spirit is God. Because in that verse I just read, Peter confronts Ananias as to why he lied to the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And he tells him that he had not lied to men, but to God. It is a clear declaration that lying to the Holy Spirit, guess what, folks, is lying to God. Oh, yes, it is. We can also know that the Holy Spirit is God because he possesses the characteristics of God. For example, his omnipresence is seen in Psalms 139 verses 7 to 8, where it says, where shall, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Verse 8, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shoal, in shoal, you are there, okay? Whether you go up to heaven or down to hell, okay? The Holy Spirit presence is with us, amen. And so look, and then we see in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 11, where it says, hold on, let me expand this, because you see, I like to see the whole thing, Okay. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, 
for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Amen. So, we can know for certain that the Holy Spirit is indeed a divine person. Why? Because he possesses a mind, emotions, and a will. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. Now look, because we just saw in 1 Corinthians 2.10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything even the deep things of God, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now look, talking about emotions, right? Ephesians 4.30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Amen. And then we see how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And we see that in Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings, too deep for words. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes. Amen. And guess what? He makes decisions according to his will. Amen. Because if we look at 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 11, okay, it says to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, verse 11, all these are empowered by who? By one and the same Spirit who appropriates to each one individually as he wills. Amen. And that's the will of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. As God, the Holy Spirit can truly function as the comforter and counselor that Jesus promised he would be. Amen. And so getting back to Psalms 119, when you make that declaration, who you think it is that's going to help you walk this thing out, our paracletus. He's the one. Look, listen, we need them all. We need God the Father. 
We need God the Son and we need God the Holy Spirit. Okay, we serve one God and don't let the Muslim community or any of those other false religions trick you and deceive you and confuse you to think that we serve three separate gods. We do not. We do not. We serve one God operating in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, who is our paracletus. Jesus asked the Father before he was going to the cross to die for the sins of the world, to send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can walk alongside of us leading the way. We don't get ahead of the Holy Spirit. We yield our will to him. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you anything outside of Jesus, okay? He will always point the way to Jesus because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will witness he will serve as a witness. He will always point the way to Jesus because any religion that you are in, if it points you to any other place, you are in a cult. You are in a false religion. I don't know what Jesus that they are having you to serve. That's a, uh, that's a fake Jesus. Why? Because Jesus told us, glory be to God, Holy Spirit, you are on fire. You're on fire because Jesus done told us that the Holy Spirit will witness, will witness to who he is. The Holy Spirit will always point you back to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the centerpiece of this whole relationship. Without him, okay, our sins will not have been forgiven. Without him, we have no way to the Father because he said that he is the way, okay? He is the way. He was the one that God sent down from heaven to die on that Roman cross for the sins of the world. Jesus, hallelujah, was the last lamb to be perfectly slain. He willingly laid down his life as a sacrifice. He took on God's full wrath and penalty that was rightly due to us. We was the one that broke all of his laws and commandments. We were the ones that was in willful sin, willful rebellion, against holy God and Jesus took our punishment. He did. And don't let nobody tell you, no, he didn't do that. Absolutely not. He most surely did. And the Holy Spirit will, will bear witness to all of that. Amen. And not only that, he lives on the inside of us, guiding us, leading us, and and guess what's going to happen when we sincerely repent, when we stop the madness and really get that memo that if we don't stop it, we're going to hell. Okay. He shows us 
how to walk out that gift of repentance. He leads us from sin by convincing us we are children of the living God. We ain't got no business sleeping with that married man. We ain't got no business smoking that weed, drinking that alcohol, becoming drunks. Now look, ain't nothing wrong with a glass of wine with dinner or maybe a nice cold beer on a hot summer day. No, the Bible is talking about drunks, alcoholics who can't live unless they have a drink, okay? We talking about that. The Holy Spirit goes, no, you are a child of God, okay? You gave your life to Christ, now live it. Now, you need to stop it and let me guide you. And then over time, we will start to see the fruits of repentance showing up in our lives by how the fruits of the spirit, okay? Whereas before we were angry all the time that, you know, we had nothing nice to say about nobody, but now we walk in forgiveness. We walk in love now. We don't walk in hate and look joy. We, we are not just happy because you see, happiness has this thing about it that it changes, it changes just like the weather. Depending on the circumstance or that situation that will determine your happiness is very short term. But you see, joy, joy comes when you have this knowing on the inside of you that no matter what is happening around you, oh, you got that peace. Oh, you got Jesus' peace, and that will bring you much joy. And now look, patience, okay? Where's though before, like me, and the Holy Spirit is still working on me with this one, okay? Having patience. Where before, I was like a ticking time bomb. You only had about one second to get it together until I blow my top. Okay, you better mash gas as soon as that green light turned. Okay, okay, because I ain't had time for none of that. And what kindness, okay, everything of the fruit of the spirit, anything that's contrary to that, you are off in the flesh. And so before where you was just mean as a cuss. Okay, you were just mean. You always had a bad attitude. You always got to talk, talk negatively about someone that wishes you a good day. Ain't nothing good about this day. You know, it's Sally's always so happy. You know, it's something wrong with a person who's happy all the time. What do you mean? Ain't nothing wrong with that. And so and now look, goodness, goodness is going to now start showing up in your life where before all you want to do is evil. All you want to do is sin. You don't want to help nobody. You can give two flips about the poor, but now you want to do good and faithfulness. Faithfulness to what? To God. That you're going to keep your word. That you're going to lay down the sin. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to spend time with him. You're going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and remain faithful to God. Listen, this is like a marriage. Okay. And this is what 
God, almighty God, so angry with Israel because they kept cheating on him with the world. They kept worshiping all those false gods. Okay, they kept kneeling down to the Baals, to the Molochs. They kept sacrificing their kids to Satan. And we need to remain faithful to him. Listen, our bodies are not our own. Jesus paid a steep price when he bought us back up out of the kingdom of darkness. You are not your own. Listen. If you had called on the name of the Lord, you belong to him, okay? You don't have a say. And guess what? It's a good thing not to have a say about your life because we kept messing it up. We kept messing it up. That's why we came to Christ in the first place. Come on now. We can't forget what had happened. And now look, gentleness a much calmer approach to what's going on in the world. We're not walking in fear because the Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear. No, he gave us his spirit so that we can have power, love, and a sound mind and self-control. Speaking of which, the next fruit of the spirit, self-control. That when temptation comes up, we're looking at it with the side eye. We're like, no, absolutely not. I'm not going back to the vomit. Why? Because we saw over there in 2 Peter chapter 2 at the end of the chapter where it says that for us not to get entangled back up with the world again, that after we had tasted the goodness of righteousness to go back out into the world like a dog, like a dog returning to its vomit or like that cow, I mean that pig rolling back in the mud after a pig been cleaned up and for you to get entangled back out into the world. No, the Holy Spirit, okay? That fruit of self-control will constrain you to say, I'm not going back to the sin. Amen. And so, and against such things, there is no law. Okay. The law was meant for lawbreakers. It was not meant for those of us who do right. And so this is why the Holy Spirit is so key in our lives. Listen, we need him. He is part of the Godhead. He is very much God, just like God the Father and God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So people, in closing, I would just like to say this. We need to repent. We need to stop sinning. And we need to allow our paracletus, the Holy Spirit, to guide us, to teach us, to let us walk in holiness and in righteousness in Christ. He is with us forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. Until next time, people, Lord willing, we need to repent. 
We need to stop sinning and we need to live right and love God's word. Love all of his commands. Even the ones that you want to kick and scream and fuss and fight about it. Don't worry about it. Lay it down. Lay it down. Pray. Okay. Let the Holy Spirit give you understanding that if we don't stop it, we ain't going to make it, people. Okay. Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Repent and believe that Jesus died for your sins and turn back to God. Amen. Until next time, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.